we're still having fun and you're still the one you are the detroiter covering sports in the motor city in the mitten state i'm your host guys welcome back in number two this week we are up and we are running what i say if you follow me on twitter last week i said listen football starts next week we got michigan state we got michigan and the lions officially get going this whole operation that you've been following, the podcast, the brand, the TikToks, the shirts, whatever, we are taking this man to another level. We're taking this to another level. That's what I said. Here we are, number two this week, and you can bet your ballless bottom dollar we're talking nothing but football again today. You can bet your ballless bottom dollar. We're talking Lions. We're talking MSU. We're talking Michigan. You can bet we got a loaded show. We got a couple big things to talk about. I'll be honest with you, Michigan fans. We'll touch on U of M a little bit. We spent some time on them last or uh, Tuesday's episode. We're going to lean a little bit more MSU today, and I think that's fair. Listen, I'm wearing the shirt. I'm obviously a Michigan State guy, but I think that's fair. Michigan State going on the road to Seattle playing Washington, your boy. I'm going to be at the fucking game, dude. I'm going to be at the game, bro. If you think Michigan State is losing to Washington while I'm sitting so far up the nosebleeds, my eyeline is level with Mount Rainier, you're crazy. If you think Mel Tucker is flying 3,000 miles across the country with Nick Bradley, a.k.a. the Detroiter, in attendance, probably like 14 bush lights deep, maybe or maybe not paying attention to the game. If you think he loses, if you think Peyton Thorne can't find the accuracy. He can't find the touch. The defense isn't forcing another three fumbles. Jacoby Widman isn't stacking another two or three sacks with me, Nick Bradley, the Detroit, the Troy, Michigan native in Seattle at the game, eyeballs glued to the field. If you think they lose that game with all those circumstances, you're nuts. It's going to be a dandy. I'm going to be there. If you didn't get that from all of that, if you didn't if you didn't pick up on that, I'm going to be at the game. I'm going to be in Seattle. I don't know Husky Stadium. I don't know what they call it. It's supposed to be one of the best places in America to watch a football game. One of the most beautiful stadiums. Again, don't know the lake. I don't know shit about Washington. I've never been. I've never been to Seattle. I've never been to anywhere around Seattle. Um, I've never even been to Washington. It's on that lake. I don't know what the name of the lake is, but the stadium, if I'm in the nosebleed, perks of being in the nosebleeds. Over here, I got the game. Over there, I got a view of the lake. Hopefully, the sun sets right over it. It's going to be absolutely gorgeous. I cannot wait. If you think I bought a plane ticket, I bought an Airbnb, I bought a ticket to the game just to watch MSU lose in Seattle in week three against an inferior do-nothing, nobody-cares-about-a-Washington-Husky football team, you're on drugs, dude, and not the good kind, not the kind that makes you take seven bullets before the cops finally put you down, more so the kind that makes you fall asleep in a dumpster somewhere, and next thing you know, you're in one of those trash cubes shipped off to China. That's the kind of drugs you're on, the bad kind, the kind that the wire revolves around, Bubbles and his white friend who's always high, always getting arrested. You're on those drugs, heroin, the not the good kind, the bad kind. 
I can't wait. If you can, I'm fucking fired up. I can't wait to see Seattle. I've heard it's an unbelievable city. Um, I can't wait to just be in the Pacific Northwest for fucking climate. I can't wait to see coniferous trees as well as deciduous trees. But we're in a city and then there's mountains, but also water. I can't wait to be in that. I can't wait to see the University of Washington walk around the campus a little bit, get a feel for what it would be like if I in another universe was a Husky and this was a Washington Seattle podcast instead of a Michigan Detroit podcast. I can't wait to see my Michigan State Spartan dogs in person. I can't wait to see them move the 3-0 and and beat their first real competition of the season. I can't wait to watch that game in what I hope is a fucking packed stadium, knowing this shit is on ABC, primetime, and all of America's tuning in. I can't wait for Mel Tucker to put his nuts on the table for the lower 48 to see, hey, Last year wasn't a fluke. This Michigan State football program under Mel Tucker's tutelage, it's the real motherfucking deal, brother. I can't wait for America, the Heisman voters, everybody, the coaches at Michigan, the coaches at Ohio State, the coaches at Georgia, at Alabama, every fan of every team far and wide to learn the name Jacoby Winman. I cannot wait for this weekend. I can't fucking wait. It's going to be great. That all said, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous. I would be lying if I said I wasn't nervous. Um, I know Washington's not supposed to be anything special this year, right? I know Washington's not supposed to be world beater. They've had some damn good teams, right? They've had some top 15, top 10 football teams. I don't know that they're going to be that this year. I would bet that they won't be, right? But you're still going on the road. You're flying across the country. You're playing I, in a little different climate. I mean, it's not going to be as drastic as when they played at Miami last year. That was fucking crazy. Um, but it's going to be different. I assume it gets loud. Like those Seahawks games, those things get loud. I assume there's quite a few Seahawks fans that also happen to go to the University of Washington, that also happen to enjoy college football, that also would be interested in something like the Michigan State Spartans flying across the country for an ABC primetime game. I imagine it's going to be a little bit of a hostile environment. I'm excited. Obviously, State, both of our games have been against Cupcakes at home. So this is the first test for this year's team on the road at a big-time university under the bright lights. I'm excited to see how they answer. I'm excited to see what we look like stage aside against like a real fucking football team like Western. Not to disrespect them. Western's solid. Western's a good MAC team. They always are. And they always play us pretty tough. But University of Washington on the road is quite a bit different than Western Michigan at home. So there's a lot that I'm excited for. I'm nervous, though. I'm nervous. I mean, how can't you be? This is like, like we've gotten the two under our belts, which I love. I love the fact that we have these tune-ups. Like, it is nice. that Because I think week two, especially, you look at MSU week one, we took care of Western, but that game was a little close down towards the end. Peyton wasn't great. The defense here and there was uh, the run game, the offensive line. I don't know. Um, but I think from week one to week two, I mean, we killed Akron last week. It was smooth. It was just like a semi-truck running over a cricket. They never stood a chance. You didn't feel anything up in the driver's seats. So it was nice to see week one to week two. I think State got a lot better. I think the offensive line play, the run game was way better. I think the defense was way better. Um, Peyton Thorne still – like the quarterback play was the one thing that it was still like – that needs to get figured out. We got to That's not going to fly against a team like Washington, maybe. So please, please don't do that. 
please don't do that anymore. Please don't play poorly quarterback because you're the most important position on the team, please. But I'm glad we've had the tune-ups. I think State got clearly better week one to week two, and they're going to have to get better again going into week three, going into Washington, power five team, right? Traditionally pretty good football program. Those Jake Browning years, they were always up there. Uh, Jake Locker years, they were always up there. And now they got the Indiana transfer, Michael Penix. And I think that's what might make me the most nervous, to be honest. Michael Penix, he fucking scares me a little bit. (laughs) Sue me, bro. I'll say it. I don't care, dude. I'm not afraid to say it. Michael Penix scares me a little bit. He does. I'm not terrified. Like, I'm not going to wake up tonight like, oh, Michael Penix. I'm not going to sit there nervous all Saturday, like pretending to have a good time. And in the back of my head, it's just Michael Penix is going to fucking roast us. No, no, no. I'm not like that level of nervous, but I'm a little like, all right, we're going to have to bring it. I'm a little like if the defense, if you're going to fuck up, if you're not going to pay attention, people lose focus. We abandon a couple assignments. We get a little bit lazy. Michael Penix is a guy that can kind of burn ya. Like he was solid at IU. I remember when he transferred. I think, I think he ended up transferring because he got injured or something. I'm not even certain why. But I remember when he did announce he was going to transfer. I was like, half was like, all right, great. I'm glad he's gone. And the other half was like, why? Why? Indiana had had the best football season they'd had in forever. Tom Allen felt like he was starting to gain some momentum. And Penix was really good. He always played well against State. I know they never had those teams that like went and won the Rose Bowl or did anything super big. Um, They were real nice last year. But Penix, at least when they played us, it always felt like Penix was very good. Like found open guys, was unreal with the quick throws. That's what scares me the most. Little, uh, little, um, what do you call them? Just like a running back flare out, the the hitches, the slants, just anything that was just catch and throw. Michael Penix was a specialty at it. So that makes me a little nervous. And the fact that he's played against MSU. Now, it's obviously Mel Tucker's MSU, different scheme, different team than D'Antonio. But I, there's still, I mean, he's familiar. He's familiar. It's not like the rest of those guys on this Washington team who have never heard of Michigan State, perhaps, before Saturday. So I'm a little bit nervous. I'll be honest with you. I do think State's going to win the game. I expect MSU to win the game. Um, I think we're the better team. I know Penix, right now, maybe you take Penix over Peyton Thorne, but every other position group on the field, give me Michigan State. I know Washington was locked down pass coverage last season. They had two or three NFL draft picks, like high picks, out of their secondary, so they're gone. I know through the first two games, their passing defense has not been very good. They played Kent State week one, beat them 45-20, and then last week played Portland State and beat them 52-6. to So they're kind of in the same boat as we are. Played a couple nobodies, took care of business, Probably looked pretty good. I know I saw the Penix highlights week one, and he looked like the Penix of old. He looked like the Penix that has me on this podcast going, ah, I wish he wasn't on their team. He couldn't have stayed in Bloomington. I heard it's a great college town. Fucking Mark Cuban School of Business. Why don't you stay at IU even if you got your job taken, even if you don't like playing in the Big Ten? Why don't you stay at IU, IU, Mike? Get your degree at Mark Cuban, and then maybe you can go sell tickets for the Mavs. You have to go out west. They had to go transfer to a school that's playing Michigan State this year in a bounce back, or not a bounce back year, but in a year where it's like we're looking to follow up on something, we're looking to prove something, a year that's important. You had to go to Washington, Mike? Come on, buddy. 
the fucking Mark Cuban School of Business. It's sitting right there for you. Right? Micro Solutions. Shark Tank. You could have had the fifth chair. Those nice leather-bound, high, great back support chairs. Dun, 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 dun. You could have been Mr. Wonderful's right-hand man, Mike. But instead, you got to go to Washington and face off against my Spartans at home in week three in a season where we can't afford to lose this game, Mike? That sucks. But I guess it is what it is. I'm excited, though. I'm very excited. Um, it's funny. Like, I love – I think this probably goes for most people. <laughs> as, as much as I'd like to think that I'm a unique person, I'm an interesting individual. <laughs> this probably goes for most people. I'm just excited to go explore. I'm excited to see, like, what – I'm excited to see what the culture is like in the city of Seattle first. And then I'm excited to get to Saturday and spend most of the day around the university of Washington and see what the Saturday culture is like there. Cause that's one of the reasons, like, obviously I went to Michigan state. So it's kind of like, I'm, you're fucked. If you go to Michigan state, you're fucked. You're going to fall in love with college football Saturdays, but that's part of the reason you do fall in love with MSU and you do fall in love with the team and the culture there is you wake up on Saturday mornings in East Lansing and you're like, whoa, I'm like Jack Skellington. What's this? What's this? There's tailgates everywhere. What's this? What's this? They're everyone's drinking beer. That was kind of good. I'm excited to see what that's like in Seattle. I want to wake up Saturday morning. Is there going to be droves of purple? Are people going to be firing off? Here we go, Huskies. Here we go. I'm excited to see what that's like. I'm excited to immerse myself in a different place as culture. Cause I'll tell you what two Saturdays now I've spent in Southern California and I haven't gone out seeking a USC tailgate or a UCLA bar. I haven't done any of that. I've been doing Michigan state stuff, but two Saturdays now I spent in Southern California, not a lick, not a fucking lick of college football here, not an ounce of it. Like, yeah, I'm sure USC and UCLA are cool places to go. You go to college in LA, it's warm weather, I'm sure. Do you, I wouldn't have a fucking clue there was a college football game being played if I didn't know for a fact, thanks to Google and the calendar and the Incas establishing time and, and schedules and all that shit. I wouldn't have a fucking clue that college football was played these last two Saturdays here. Like, it's almost... I know people here don't care, so it's not embarrassing to them. But coming from Michigan, where it's such a big part of our culture, it is a little embarrassing. I'm like, this is it, guys? This is like, this is the showing for a college football Saturday? This is fucking lame, dude. This is fucking lame. You just got Lincoln Riley. You're USC. You got Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, and nobody gives a fuck that USC is playing today? This is pathetic, bro. Like, it's actually a little depressing being here on a college football Saturday. So I'm very excited to go up to Washington and see what it's like there. Are people rowdy? Do you know for, like, do you wake up and go out your door that morning and know that there's a college football game happening? I really hope that's the case, and I'm excited to find out. I'm excited for that. Like, I don't know which I'm more pumped for, that or the game itself. Or the fact that MSU is going to face its toughest test yet. We're going to see, like I mentioned, we're going to see if this team, 2022, is going to be a team that follows up on what they did last year. We're going to see if this team has what it takes to win tough games. 
Because I'll tell you, maybe it'll happen, but I highly doubt we're going to go into Washington and curb stomp these guys. I highly doubt it's going to be 35-3 to at the start of the fourth quarter. I highly doubt Peyton Thorne's going to be able to take the shoulder pads off before this game's over. I highly doubt it. We're going to find out if this defense, the adjustments the coaching staff made from last year defensively, this new offensive line, Peyton Thorne after struggling a couple weeks, these new running backs, Mel Tucker without a special fucking talent like Kenneth Walker. We're going to find out if all of those pieces have what it takes to win big fucking football games. We are going to find out whether you like it or not. As a Michigan State fan, we are going to find out this Saturday if we got nuts or not. If it's going to even be worth tuning in to Ohio State in early October. We're going to find out Saturday. Hostile environment, a lot of travel, huge game for Washington. I would assume the biggest home game they play this year unless USC or somebody comes to town. And we got them in week three. I'm excited. I think MSU, I think this team does have what it takes. I think this defense absolutely has what it takes. I think Michael Penix is going to be in for a little bit of a rude awakening. Like, whatever he thinks he knows about Michigan State, I think Michael Penix is going to show up Saturday and it's going to look a little bit different than what he remembers. He's not going to remember Jacoby Winman in the backfield four times a possession. He's not going to remember a guy that looks like Chris Bogle getting a one-on-one matchup. He's not going to remember that being in the game plan. He's not going to remember Aaron Brule hitting such a hard spin move. People started calling his ass the Tasmanian devil. Like, there's going to be some stuff with this MSU defense where Penix goes, that's different. Whoa, that what? That's that worked before. When I wore red and white, that that play worked. These guys are they're a little faster, a little smarter, a little stronger. I do think the defense is built for it. Really, what this game comes down to, Peyton Thorne. I think we'll be able to run the football on them. Again, anything we've done these last two weeks, like or Akron, we did whatever the fuck we wanted to. Western, through the air, for the most part, did whatever the fuck we wanted to. Anything we've done well these last two weeks, it's not going to be as easy as it was these this Saturday. The run game's not going to come as easily as it did last week against Akron. I mean, Akron, we could go, hey, we're running it fucking there. Number 51, the ball's coming straight to your face mask. Don't even move, and we'd still pick up eight yards. That's not going to happen this week. The level of athlete is just going to be better on the other side of the football. Uh, the coaches will be better on the other side of the football. For the first time all season, when we're playing offense, the other the fans are going to be making noise trying to fuck with us. I do I do anticipate there being a good deal of Michigan State folks there, but there will be more Washington people. I mean, that's just how the game goes, right? Games in Seattle, Michigan's 3,000 miles away. There will be more Washington fans. That's fine. It's going to be loud in there. Their head coach is his first season at Washington. He's got something to prove. This is his first chance to say, hey, fucking alumni, donors, whoever we got to talk to to get NIL money, this is the real fucking deal, baby. We just beat Michigan State open up the checkbooks. Like he's got something to prove. He's got something to show. You know what I'm saying? Like there is, there is physical gain at his fingertips for his program. Mel Tucker, if they lose this game Saturday, nobody's going Mel Tucker, this take away the fund and this. Mel Tucker's in a good spot right now. Mel Tucker, what he has to prove is last year was no fluke. This year's team is the real deal. And we're going to be here fighting with the Ohio States, Michigan's and Penn States of the world. The coach at Washington, DeBoer, he's got like, yeah, we if like we could use that ten million. 
we could use that five million to build the new facility. We could use your money. I told you we're gonna be the real deal. We just beat Michigan State. We could use like let's fucking turn it up. I told you so. He's got more at stake. Which when you got more at stake, you're usually a little more desperate. And when you're more desperate, you work a little bit harder. We know how that goes. Michigan State, Michigan. It's a story of that rivalry, especially during the D'Antonio years. MSU just wanted it more, plain and simple. Michigan State cared more. They wanted to win that game more, and they did win it more, plain and simple. Um, Michael Penix, what does make me nervous about him, highest PFF rated QB under pressure in week one. That sucks. That sucks because the great thing about MSU's defense all year has been we've gotten pressure. We get to the quarterback, we force fumbles, we get sacks, we get in their face, and they throw shitty balls, interceptions, tipped, incomplete. We get off the field. That sucks, dude. This guy was the highest-rated week one QB under pressure. Yikes. That's fucking tough. That goes like straight in the face of what our defense has been so great at this year. Now, it doesn't matter how good you are under pressure when Jacoby's Windman, Jacoby Windman's face mask is in the arch of your back. It doesn't matter how great you are under pressure then. But he's not going to get home every play. You're not going to get the sack or the strip sack every play. There are going to be some times where you're in his face and he needs to step up and deliver a strike. And if they got a guy who's capable of doing it, that makes getting off the field and winning football games a lot harder. So that makes me nervous. Washington favored by three right now, according to DraftKings. Kind of surprising. Um, I get it. Like, I get it. I, I get the allure to Washington, Penix, and the fact that they've won their two games pretty handily and it's on the road for MSU. Them being favored seems a little wild, though. Like, we're ranked 11th. We've smoked both teams we've played. The defense we've got is, I think, clearly improved to last year. And we're dogs going into this one? Like, I would have expected two and a half the other way. MSU to be favored by less than a field goal. That's what I would have guessed. It's kind of surprising that we're dogs. It makes me a little bit nervous. I'll be honest, because Vegas knows best. So that makes me a little bit nervous. But again, I do think we're the better team. I do think we're capable of winning this game. And it does make me feel better that some of the replacements we had going last week, we talked about them Tuesday. Kendall Brooks was awesome. I thought Ben Van Summeren was good. Um, even though we've sustained some shitty injuries, it makes me feel better that the next man up mentality and Mel Tucker – bringing more depth and more talent, not only to the starting ranks, but the entire fucking roster that has already come to fruition a little bit. So that makes me feel better. I don't know. I mean, so Washington sits outside the top 50 and rush yards allowed per game at 114. I like the sounds of that for MSU. Um, Michael Penix hasn't been sacked this year. So that makes me think I haven't watched a ton of Washington. I'm going to after this. I probably should have beforehand, but I'm in a rush. My flight leaves tomorrow morning. I got shit to do. Michael Penix hasn't been sacked this year. That means, A, we know he's athletic, and B, he gets rid of the ball quickly. That fucking sucks. That was always an Achilles heel, like I just said, when he was at Iowa. Um, Washington was ranked number one in pass defense last year, but now they're ranked 108th. No, this doesn't even – this doesn't – never mind. This doesn't even make fucking sense. Um, Penix looks good. Penix seems like he's going to be good. That's that's really the main takeaway is Michael Penix has been good for Washington. And that's the thing that makes me nervous. Michael Penix has been good and Peyton Thorne hasn't been. 
that's the thing that makes me nervous. If it was Peyton Thorne 2021, if that's who we had starting these last two weeks and the defense looked the way that it has and the run game looks the way that it has, I'd go in here like we're, we're going to beat these guys like pretty easily. Unless we fumble it five times or people get hurt, crucial injuries occur, we're going to go into uh, Seattle and we're going to clean these guys up. No fucking problem. No sweat. Peyton's been bad, dude. It's hard to win in a loud stadium on the road. The first like real deal power five top tier competition you faced and your quarterback's 0 for 2 and playing well, that makes me a little nervous. And on the flip side, their QB hasn't been sacked. Their QB is an expert in getting it out fast. Their QB has experience against you at his previous stop. Like, dude, those two things make me a little bit nervous. Michigan State should win this game. Michigan State will win this game. Peyton Thorne's going to play well. He's going to find his rhythm. He's going to figure it out Saturday. The run game's going to continue to churn. The defense is going to be faced with its first real adversity where you're going to get scored on a couple times. I wouldn't be surprised if Washington put up like 21, 24, 27. The defense is going to get scored on a few times. It's going to happen. Michael Penix is too good. The way he's played so far too, the defense is going to get scored on a few times. I'm excited to see how they bounce back when that happens. I'm excited to see if they're up for uh, the challenge of, hey, that wide receiver you're going against, he was a four-star too. Hey, that quarterback you're going up against, he's the real fucking deal too. I'm excited to see how they answer that bell. But I do think Michigan State's going to win this game. I think we're going to go in. It's going to be a tough test, a lot of travel. Away crowd, right? It's going to be a Washington crowd. A lot of dogs there, though, I'm sure. I think we're going to come out on top, and I think it's going to be much like the Miami game was last year. It's going to be a game we're leaving it. You're like, all right, for sure. All right, we got some. We can be good teams. Yeah, we can win tough games. I, uh, Yep, I like it. I believe in this. And even the Miami game was probably more of a challenge. I mean, it was like 100 degrees and 100% humidity there. Seattle's going to be... I don't know, like 70, maybe a light breeze. Like it'll be physically, it'll be easy playing in Seattle. What you got to learn to deal with is the road environment. What you got to learn to deal with is the higher level of competition. You don't even need to worry about the weather this year. You don't need to worry about the humidity or the absurd heat that you're not used to. It's going to be a little noisy. That guy's going to be a little bit faster. The guy you block's going to be a little bit stronger. The coach is going to be a little bit smarter. That's all. That's all you got to worry about. It's just football. You are the better team. Michigan State, we are the better team. We have more talent. We're better coached. We want it more. We work harder. Michigan State is going to win this game. I cannot wait to see the dogs in the crowd. I expect a fucking massive turnout in Seattle, to be honest with you. I expect the Emerald City to be green and white. I expect me to be walking down the street Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and see Michigan State, Michigan State, go green, go white. I expect to see that shit all over Seattle all weekend. I expect that stadium to get fucking loud when Michigan State scores their first touchdown. I expect some people to be singing the goddamn fight song. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Michigan State at Seattle. The dogs are coming out 3-0. You can fucking book it here. And by the way, if you're a dog fan, they're gone. They're off the website, but I want to make you jealous. Look at how clean. Let me stand up. I mean, are you kidding me? Look at how clean this shirt is. The 2022 Spartan Dogs tailgate shirt, they turned out better than I thought they would, and I don't even know how that's possible. These are so sick. 
if you bought one, if you support it, I appreciate you. I promise you are going to love that puppy when it shows up. These things are so goddamn crispy. If you didn't order it, that's on you. Don't come crying. I tried to warn you. I tried to help you out. It was on sale for like two, three days. You got to follow the second string. You got to follow the Detroiter on Instagram, on Twitter. Just follow me everywhere and you won't miss it next time. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. You won't find tailgate gear, sportswear, streetwear, the vintage look like this anywhere else. You won't. All right. Quick break. We'll talk a little bit about Michigan UConn. I mean, it's tough. It's We'll talk about it a little bit, but it's tough. And then we'll talk the Lions hosting the Washington Commanders. Quick break. Are Michigan fans happy with this? I'm genuinely curious how Michigan fans feel about this. Michigan State is traveling to Seattle to play Washington. Destination game. If you're a fan, you can go check out Seattle. Go see a new stadium. Go make a weekend out of it, right? ABC, prime time. The eyes of America upon you. Michigan hosting UConn. Another game where the student section is going to be empty by halftime. Another game where televisions are going to be on jeopardy after the third quarter. And another game that nobody really gives a fuck about. Or, like, how do Michigan fans feel about that? The pros being you're absolutely 100% going to be 3-0 and after your first three, three games. The cons being your first three games are less entertaining than bocce board or whatever the fuck shuffleboard on the deck of a retirement home cruise ship. How do Michigan fans feel about that? I'm genuinely curious. Like, you start the season with Colorado State, tune-up, fair. Then you play Hawaii, tune-up, fair. And then you got another tune-up in Connecticut. UConn, dog? How does UConn have a fucking football team? You're telling me those guys field 53 players? I refuse to believe that shit. Unless everybody at UConn's a two-sport athlete from the basketball team. No way UConn's fielding a football team. How do you feel? I feel like at this point, like as an MSU fan, like I just mentioned, I'm kind of nervous. There's obviously a chance State loses Saturday, but I'm gassed up. I'm fucking fired up. There's nothing like the big game feeling in college sports. We've said it. The bands, the pomp, the circumstance, ABC, primetime, Kirk Street, all that good shit. Goodyear blimp. There's nothing like it. That's why you love college football. Yeah, it's fun. I love college football too. I love watching my team beat up on Akron and Western Michigan. That's fun too. But it's not even remotely close like a big fucking game in Seattle against Washington. That's why you love college football. Michigan fans had it last year. They hosted Washington and kicked the shit out of them. Like, how do you feel about this being your non-conference? Colorado State, Hawaii, and then UConn? Ugh. Ugh. Like, if you're a Michigan fan, if you're a true competitor and you love, you're that same person where you love the big game, you get fired up when you know Ann Arbor's crawling, you know TV dials are set to catch kickoff, you know it's Musburger and Herb Street, you know everybody from coast to coast is tuning in. If you're that same type of person, are you not a little bit like, ah, going into this week, like you've seen the dead body already. You don't need to beat the carcass anymore. UConn, another sacrificial lamb. Like, give them something with a pulse. At least make it a goat. Give the thing some fucking horns or something. Another lamb. Like, if you're a Michigan fan, are you not a little bit just like, I'll go back to bed. I don't need to watch the first quarter. You know what I'm saying? 
Like, this is just a little flaccid. At home again. I mean, it's cool. Another game day in Ann Arbor. If you're a student who gives a fuck, you get to tailgate. You get to party. If you're an adult who gives a fuck, you get to tailgate. You get to party. But it's like UConn, like, at least bring you, I don't know, dude. Central or like a like an in-state school, something with a little bit of blood to it, something where there's a little like a UCF, uh, like somebody. It doesn't need to be Alabama, but like somebody with a little something, eh, like Grand Valley State, I think would be more interesting than UConn, honestly. In their Division Two, I genuinely think Wayne State, either of them, would be a little more interesting than this UConn game, like. I don't know, bro. Like UConn again after Colorado State and Hawaii. I mean, it's cool. Like I, I, I'm jealous in a way that you're guaranteed three and out. That's awesome, right? Your college football playoff hopes live on. Your Big Ten hopes live on another week. That's great. Me, Michigan State fan, they may not live on. I think they will, but they may not. Certainly a far less chance than yours. But like, are you not ready for the big game? Are you not ready for something? Again, doesn't need to be Alabama, but would you not hate the Maryland game being this week? Would you not hate someone with a pulse being this week? It's like, dude, I don't know, man. I don't know. And then for guys like me, like people are making content out here. I don't know what 97.1's talking about. I don't know what Woodward Sports. I don't know what anybody who covers Michigan football or college football in this state is talking about relating to this game. But like, what do you talk about? UConn's going to get fucking murdered. Congrats, UConn. The University of Connecticut, you have been selected to be the next victim of an absolute bloody Tarantino-esque massacre at the hands of the Michigan Wolverines. Congratulations. They're going to get fucking killed. What else is there to talk about? Well, the Michigan run game, UConn's front. Oh, no, UConn's front's terrible. Well, the Michigan passing game, JJ might be a little. You, who the fuck is going to cover anybody for UConn? There, UConn's going to be the team that stops JJ McCarthy. I'm seeing headlines on Twitter this week. Is it possible JJ McCarthy's the greatest quarterback in Michigan history? UConn's going to be the team to stop him. Ugh. But this UConn run game, you mean the one that sucks against Mozzie Smith and a stout Michigan front and Junior Colson in them? UConn is going to crack the code. But the UConn, the air attack at UConn, what air attack? What air attack? The fast break their basketball team's runs where they don't let the ball touch the floor? That air attack? Surely you're not talking about football against Michigan at the big house? What air attack? I mean, like, what is there to talk about? Well, UConn, they got a senior fucking quarterback. He's coming back for his fourth. Poor bastard. He's going to go out losing by 70 to Michigan. That sucks. Should have just quit after junior year, pal. Like, what is there to talk about, right? What is there to talk about? Is anybody in the world? Skip Bayless of college football isn't coming on here going, UConn's going to win this game, Shannon, and if they don't, I'll buy you a pack of Mountain Dews. Nobody's going on here going, watch out for this pesky UConn team. I think UConn's going to sneak up on him. I think UConn's the reason Cade McNamara gets his starting job back at the University of Michigan. UConn football, the University of Connecticut Huskies, are the reason Jim Harbaugh is going to be ousted as head coach at the University of Michigan. It wasn't those games against Ohio State. It wasn't the losing record against Michigan State. It is the loss they are about to suffer at the hands of the Connecticut Huskies. And yes, 
They do, in fact, have a football team. We just checked it. We double-checked. The first source was Wikipedia. We have now checked College Football of America. And yes, in fact, they field the college football team. Nobody's making that prediction. UConn's not going to be the reason J.J. loses the job. UConn's not going to be the reason Michigan falls out of the top five. UConn's not going to be the reason Jim Harbaugh's on the hot seat. The only thing UConn's doing is giving 18-year-olds a reason to drink beers at 8 in the morning. That's the sur- like that's why UConn exists. And it's great. Michigan probably pays them a million bucks or whatever it is. That's awesome. Good for you, UConn. You can buy a couple mouth guards so nobody breaks their teeth when they're getting throttled every single play by superior athletes at the University of Michigan. But honest to God, that's the purpose UConn serves. Other than being a punching bag for kids at Michigan, yeah, congrats. Some 18-year-old's going to wake up passed out in the ditch because you're in Ann Arbor this week. That's the that's why UConn football exists. That's the whole reason this game's being played Saturday. Um, there's not much to talk about. Like, the defense is going to dominate again, or at least they should. The offense is going to dominate again, or at least they should. Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards should look like far superior athletes once again. J.J. McCarthy should look like the mix of Joe Montana and Tom Brady and Cam Newton and Tim Tebow and Iron Man and Thor and Jesus Christ himself. He should look like that again. Yes, Jim Harbaugh should look like he's figured out and reloaded for 2022. Yes, like everything about Michigan should look exactly how it's looked these first two weeks. They should have no problem. They should kill them. It shouldn't, they shouldn't break a sweat. They shouldn't think twice. The game should be over before it even starts. Everybody should look like a Heisman contender. Ohio State, we want them next. That's exactly how this game should go. I'm not going to say any different because why would I? The lo- <laughs> Fucking UConn, bro. The line for this game, Michigan's favored by 46 and a half. For those who don't gamble, that's a fuck ton of points. Yeah, UConn's going to get killed. Not a lot, this article, not a lot to hang your hat on for the Huskies. What is there to hang your hat on? That speech from Jim Calhoun like 15 years ago? That is, that's the greatest football claim to fame that they have, is Jim Calhoun. That's the greatest achievement this football program's ever been a part of. I mean, they're going to get absolutely murdered. I guess they run the ball well. They won't against Michigan. I guess their quarterback's decent. He won't be against Michigan. I mean, like, what else is there to say? The only thing there is to watch for in this game, even though it's going to be a glorified scrimmage, is does J.J. McCarthy bring the heat once again? In his first week as being the solidified starter, where everybody knows it, the fans know it, the teams know it, J.J. knows it before, is he going to bring the heat again? Is J.J. McCarthy going to look like that guy again? Is he going to be a little shaky? Are there going to be questions? Maybe there's a turnover or two. Maybe he takes a sack or two, misses a couple throws. Is that going to happen? Or is he going to be cruise control looking like the five-star prospect he was cracked up to be? My money would be on the latter. My money would be on his Heisman odds shrinking once again after this week. But that's really the only storyline. There is no uh, power run versus stout run defense to look for. There is no star wide receiver against lockdown corner to look for. There's nothing to look for except for the fucking dead body on the side of the road wearing a Husky mask. The only remote interesting part of this game is, is JJ going to be great again or going into week four, Maryland at home to open up the big 10. Is there a little chatter of 
well, JJ wasn't so hot last week. I don't know. Maybe Cade is the guy after all. Maybe the moment might be a little too big. If he can't make those throws against UConn, will he make him against Maryland? And then will he make him against Iowa on the road? And then will he make that throw against Michigan State? That's it. That's the only fucking possible storyline. And it won't even exist because they're going to beat these guys by a hundred, dude. That's all I got on Michigan. I mean, what else is there to say? It's tough. It's tough to go from Michigan State at Washington, prime time, a game I'm going to, the team that I'm a fan of. Peyton Thorne's playing fucking poorly, interesting storyline. The first real test for MSU this year, ranked 11, somehow underdogs against an unranked Washington team. Trying to repeat and live up to the 11-1 season they had last year. Like, that's interesting. That's fucking exciting, dude. That's nerve-wracking. And then on the flip side, it's fourth-ranked Michigan with their stud quarterback playing a lifeless corpse walking into the fucking stadium at UConn. There's nothing there. There's nothing to talk about. Quick break. We'll talk Lions, Commanders, and then we'll call it a day. You know how your football team's down bad? It isn't that they lose a lot of games. Detroit Lions fans, you think you got it bad? You think you know your team's bad because they don't win very frequently? Let me tell you how you know your team's bad. This is the first time this week against the Washington Commanders that the Detroit Lions have been betting favorites in 24 fucking games. That's how you know you're bad. It's not that you went 3-13-1. It's that you haven't been a favorite in 24 fucking games. The guys who own the money, the guys who run the rackets, who take the bets, who know essentially what number to play to win the most money, haven't said you're going to win a fucking football game in 1.333 repeating years. You're pathetic. No, no, one and a half. You're even more pathetic. You thought it was, wait, yes, 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 yes. You thought you were bad because you lost a lot? Try never, ever being the favorite. But you know what? The head honchos in Vegas, they must have watched that game in Detroit this past week. They must have watched Philadelphia nearly blow it because the Detroit Lions are betting favorites this weekend. Two and a half point favorites against Carson Wentz and the Washington Commanders. I'm fired up. I hope. it. Listen, let me stop you right now. Let me fucking, let me put a rest a break to this right now. If you're a Detroit Lions fan and you watch the game and you care about this team and you're going to watch again on Sunday, stop this episode now, put a bookmark in it. Remember how many, what time stamp, whatever. Remember where you're at, right? Usually if you're using Spotify or Apple, it'll pause and remember for you. So when you come back, it picks up for you. Technology's incredible. Go listen to the episode from Tuesday and then come back here. Okay, please, will you do that for me? I don't, don't even do it for me. Do it for yourself so you can get the full experience. I'm fucking gassed up for this football game against the Washington Commanders at Fort Field Sunday. I'm gassed up. I think we're going to smoke these guys and not smoke like beat them by 40. I think smoke like from the start to the end, we're, we're going to be in control and we're going to win this game by two possessions. I feel unbelievably confident in the Detroit Lions this weekend. I feel so fucking confident in how bad I think Carson Wentz is. So confident. 
I feel so great about us being able to run the football down their fucking throats after doing it against Philadelphia. I feel so good that the Washington Commanders are also a dumpster fire of an organization. I love the Lions' odds, and Vegas loves them too. What more confirmation do you need than the people that controlling the money say, hey, your team's going to win this week, or at least we think so. That's how we're going to get rich, is saying your team's going to win this week. I absolutely love it. I don't know how Detroit doesn't win this game, to be honest. And it's tough. Like, I've said it a million times if you listen to the pods a lot. Obviously, when I do these TikToks, I'm being more ridiculous. I say a lot of stupid shit. I'm more of like the character. Because, again, I've said it. If I go on there and I'm like, all right, we got Detroit and Washington this week. I think it'll be a pretty good game. But I don't know if the Lions will win. Nobody's watching that. Nobody. You wouldn't be here. You wouldn't have clicked on the YouTube. You wouldn't have pulled this up on Spotify. You wouldn't be here if that's what the TikToks were. So, yeah, I get a little ridiculous. Most of it is deep-seated in what I believe in, right? Like when I do the whole quit being a pussy at Lions fan, quit being down because they lost one game to a playoff team, I do believe that. Yeah, I'm being a little ridiculous in the way I say it, but I do agree with that. Don't be a pussy. They lost one game to a team people think might win the NFC. The fuck do you think this was? You thought we were going to go 17-0? and yeah, I believe that. I don't say it as sternly or as curtly in the TikToks. But I do believe it. The, tic- the the podcast, what I love about doing this is I am more like I can just say like I, truly how I feel, right? It is just me and my thoughts. I don't need to be like, oh, fucking ridiculous and character. Because if you're here, if you're still listening, you're obviously into it. You're enjoying. So I can be more of myself. That all said, the homerism out. I'm not even doing the character thing. I'm not trying to be the homer. I'm not trying to rally the troops and get Lions fans up. I don't see how the Lions lose this weekend to Washington. I don't see it. How the fuck are you going to put up 35 and claw your way back against that Philly team? And then you're going to host Washington with Carson Wentz, dude. And you're going to lose to them. I don't like make that make sense to me. And Vegas has us as favorites. How the fuck am I supposed to come on here and say, "Eh, they're probably going to lose. How? How? I can't. I don't see a world in which the Lions lose this game. And if anything else, if there's any other extra motivation, it would be this. You lost that game to Philly. Tough loss. They're a good team. Shit happens. Now you have the added pressure of you you played a great game, real close game, battled back, almost fucking snatched that thing at the end against a really good team. Okay, you're 0-1. Now you're playing a much worse team. You looked good. Outside of the defense for three quarters, you looked pretty good against a good team. Now you're playing a bad team. If you look good again, you should beat these guys. If you barely lost to a really good team and you play the same way against a bad team, you should win that game. And on top of that, the fact that you're 0-1, there is an added pressure. Now that you are playing a bad team, a more winnable game, you need to win this game. There is no excuse if you lose to Washington. Losing that game to Philly, there's everything I fucking said. There's, oh, Jared Goff didn't play a ton in the preseason. He's still figuring it out. Philly's a great team. They got a great defense. They upgraded a ton. Jalen Hurts and the RPO and the read option. Man, he's tough to stop. A.J. Brown's a menace. What are you going to do? 
there is all these built-in excuses when you lose to a team like Philly. Some people think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. That all exists. You lose to the Washington Commanders, fucking nobody's coming on here going, well, Carson Wentz is a little bit of a devil. He's a tough guy to play. Fucking nobody. You lose the Washington, people are coming on. Me, I'm going, you lost to Carson Wentz? I understand, Aaron Glenn. I understand if the defense had a couple holes in it. It was tough to game plan for Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. Game plan aside, just tough to stop, even if you had the perfect game plan. I'm not coming on here going, man, you know, at Carson Wentz, he's pretty damn good. He just does some things you can't stop. Fucking no chance. No chance, bro. I'm going to swallow a bucket of apple seed before I come here talking about Carson Wentz being unstoppable. There is no excuse this week. You cannot fall to 0-2 because even though if you fall to 0-2, sure, let's say playoffs are the goal. Sure, you can still win eight, nine games and make the playoffs. Yeah, that's possible. If you fall to 0-2, you are going to lose people. You're going to fucking lose people. I don't know what's going to happen in the locker room. I assume you'd lose some of the players. Some some guys start going around like this Dan Campbell grit, crying, emotional bullshit. Doesn't work because we're 0-2 and we just lost to fucking Carson Wentz. Maybe they're looking around saying that. I damn well know. You go 0-2, you lose to Washington and Carson Wentz. I know for a fact Detroit Lions fans are coming on next week going, fucking Dan Campbell's not it, man. Dan Campbell isn't it. This is not it. I know for a fact that that's happening. I know for a fact that that's happening. There is no reprieve if you go 0-2. I don't even know if it's possible to have a must-win game in week two, but I would say this is a must-win game. Ford Field is going to be buzzing again. Sellout place was electric with reading about it, hearing about it all weekend. It's going to be that same environment. They're going to sell the place out. It's going to be a madhouse. It's going to be loud as fuck for that entire game. People are going to be going there expecting to see this team get to one and one. Because here's the thing about not just Lions fans, but football fans in general. It's our mental illness. The same people who last week were like, this is the same old Lions. Fuck these guys. It's what they always do. I don't even care about them anymore. Those same people by Thursday afternoon are going to be going, all right, you know, we should beat Washington. We'll beat Washington. We'll beat, we'll be one and one. Minnesota's a winnable game. And then let's ride. Those same people are going to be saying exactly that. I fucking promise you. So if you lose that game to Washington and you do go 0-2, you thought the backlash from Philly was bad, it's going to be all systems firing. There's going to be people saying, get rid of Dan Campbell. There's going to be saying people saying, get rid of Goff. There's going to be people saying, same old Lions, sell the team. It's never going to work. Aaron Glenn sucks. Every single person associated with the organization, you are getting fucking raked over the coals if you lose the Washington Sunday. Plain and simple. There is no excuse to lose to this team. There is no excuse. Is there anybody on earth that's afraid of Carson Wentz, bro? Is there fucking anybody? A goddamn gingerbread he would be about to eat would be like, this guy's going to eat me? I swear to God. I swear to God. He could show up to a middle school football practice and the QB of that squad would be like, did we cut him, coach? Who's this guy? Carson Wentz? There is no excuse to lose the Carson Wentz. None. Can't have it. And I don't see how the Lions lose. The thing's working against the Lions now. 
Offensive line's a little dinged up. Ragnar, we know, nagging injury. Big V just got back surgery in Dallas. Decker didn't practice today. Uh, Jonah Jackson, I guess he's got a finger issue. Not ideal. I, I, The strength of our team being the offensive line, ideal world, they're all healthy. They're all feeling great. They're all willing and able to dominate a football game. Now, people were banged up. Big V was out last week, and they still look pretty fucking good against Philly. They moved the ball. They project, protected Jared much better in the second half. They opened up holes for Swift, and they were able to run the ball for the most part at will. Um, so I still expect them to be good. I still expect Ragnow, Jonah Jackson, and Decker to play. But that is working against them. DeAndre Swift, who was the best player on the team last week, he didn't practice today. Again, I expect him to play. I expect him to be dominant if he's playing. So I'm not too worried, but a couple things working against the Lions. I just don't see, like, who who on the Washington Commanders is the reason we lose, you know? Like, if you told me going into this last week, Jalen Hurts and the read option is the reason we lose, I'd be like, fuck, all right. Not a lot of teams run that read option. Not a lot of teams have quarterbacks as athletic as Jalen Hurts. Shit happens. If you said A.J. Brown is the reason we lose, I'd be like, fuck, all right, he's a stud. Happens. Terry McLaurin's a good player. He's not A.J. Brown. They're upgraded defense. They're front four. They were stout. You couldn't run it on them. I'd be like, all right, fine. Shit happens. Good defense. Great front four. Upgraded a ton in the offseason. Still ran the ball on them. There's a couple things you could have said about Philly. That's the reason we lose. And I'd be like, I get it. There is nothing you can say about the Washington Commanders that I'm like, oh, that makes sense is why we lost. Carson Wentz dominated. What? Carson Wentz should never dominate anything. Carson Wentz shouldn't dominate a game of checkers against his seven-year-old niece, let alone a football game. Fuck no. Oh, the run game. Couldn't stop it. Fuck no. Oh, Washington's defense. They were everywhere. Fuck no. Washington's bad. Washington's going to lose double-digit football games this year. There is no excuse. DeAndre Swift should ramp it back up and have another field day. Jared Goff, hopefully now, he picked it up in the second half last, last week. Feels a little bit more comfortable. He should be in more of a rhythm. Get Hawk some more touches. Get Amon Ra some more touches. Shark some more touches. Throws should be more consistent, more on point. No random overthrows. No behind on a drag route. No throwing it three feet over the guy's head on a 10-yard curl. No five-yard overthrows when the dude runs a fade. No throwing it to a clearly covered guy that turns into an interception off a batted ball, no more misreads on a stick and nod with Hutch. Like some of that shit, he'll sure, he'll make mistakes, right? But a lot of that shit should be cleaned up, or at least I expect it to. I'll hear you out. I'll hear the people out who are like, yeah, Goff barely played in the preseason. Probably tough getting timing, adjusting to like real life defense in a real life game where they're not just playing cover three. They're sending blitzes. They're disguising coverages. They're doubling this guy. They're manning that coverage, whatever. Fair enough. I understand. Probably a little bit of getting used to in that first half, and he improved in the second half. There is no, oh, well, you know, it was only a second game. There is none of that this time. Jared Goff, if the guy's open, put the ball on him. If the read is to be made, make the correct one, right? I don't need you. I said it last week, or I said it on Tuesday. I don't need you to make that throw to DJ Chark in the end zone every time. That's like an Aaron Rodgers level throw. That's elite quarterback play. I don't need you to make that throw every time. What I do need you to make when Craig Run or Jeff Reynolds or whatever the fuck his first name is, when he's wide open 
on a 20-yard corner that turns into a touchdown if you hit him in the numbers, hit him in the numbers. When Amon Ra is wide open on a three-yard drag that's going to turn into 20, if you hit him on the numbers, hit him on the numbers. When TJ Hawkinson is going to be wide open when he sticks and nods because he knows he's covered, I need you to recognize he's covered, right? When DJ Chark runs an eight-yard curl for a first down, I need that ball to be on the numbers, not at his shoelaces. Like, that's what I need to be resolved from Jared Goff. I think it should be. I think it will be. And I think it will be reflected in not only the score. I mean, they still put up 35, which should win you a fuck ton of games. But I think what killed the Lions last week more so than not scoring enough points was the fact that we went through that drought in the first half where three and out, three and out, three and out. All of a sudden, your defense is playing the whole game. Aiden Hutchinson, it's a lot harder for him to be effective when he's on the field all fucking day. It's a lot harder for him to tap into that motor when this is the 50th play he's played out of a possible 60. You know what I'm saying? Like, if anything, you need to pick up a first down here and there so you can get back to the run game, so Hutch and the defense can catch a breather, so you regain a little bit of momentum, so you keep the game balanced. That's why. Obviously, yeah, you want to do it so you can score points, so you can put up 50 a game. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen every game. The NFL, people are too good. But you need to pick up a first down, two first downs, three first downs. Like, your bad drives need to be a first down, two first downs, punt. That needs to be a bad drive. No three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. No back-to-back-to-back three and outs. That can't happen. Especially when they're a result of dropped passes and just missed throws. Cannot, cannot have that. So I think the offense gets better, and I think that in turn helps the defense. I mean, I don't see a way how the defense could possibly be worse. How 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 the fuck does the defense get worse than it was last week? I mean, you gave up 38. You didn't stop the Eagles one time until like nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Jalen Hurts actually did whatever the fuck he wanted to. You stopped Devontae Smith. Yeah, A.J. Brown torched you. Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson are not those two. Jalen Hurts had a great game. He was running. He was throwing. He looked awesome. Carson Wentz is not Jalen Hurts. Philadelphia Eagles, pretty good organization. They revamped. They upgraded. Washington is not that. You should win this game easily. Dan Campbell, no stupid timeout usage. No bad clock management. No decisions that have people on Twitter two seconds later going, what's Dan Campbell's deal? None of that, Dan. None of that. Be smart. Calling timeouts isn't that hard. Just play a little bit more Madden. It's pretty easy to figure out when you're supposed to use them and when you're supposed to save them. The defense. Get after the QB. Aiden Hutchinson. People tried to roast you last week for not showing up in the box score. If you put that effort forward this week that you did last, you will show up in the box score. You will have a sack or two. You might even force a fumble. Carson Wentz does not escape like Jalen Hurts. You will show up. Charles Harris. You will show up. Malcolm Rodriguez, you will show up. Bring the intensity, bring the energy, and bring the effort. Be a little bit more disciplined, right? Maybe change the scheme up a little bit, Aaron Glenn. Be a little quicker to adjust. If you're running man coverage all first quarter and it keeps getting fucking torched, maybe run a spy a little bit sooner than the fourth, right? Be a little quicker to adjust. Be a little smarter. Don't be so stubborn. The Lions hung with nearly came back on and beat a very good football team last week. They're playing at home again against a worse football team. Every facet of the game for the Lions should improve. 
The defense should improve everywhere. The offense should improve everywhere. And you're playing a team whose quarterback is Carson fucking Wentz. And you're at home. There is no excuse not to win this game Sunday. It's week two. I know. Washington must win. Detroit needs to be one and one For the sake of morale of the fan base, of the locker room, Dan Campbell's public opinion in the city of Detroit, this game against Washington Sunday, it is a must win. Ford Field's going to be buzzing. You're going to feel that pressure of we better fucking beat these guys. And again, Carson Wentz is their quarterback. It's a must win for Detroit Sunday. And I think they get it done. All right. That's all I got this week, folks. Um, Like I said, Spartan dogs, you missed out. Sorry. Um, Michigan fans, Friday through Sunday, we put the Michigan 2022 tailgate design on sale. Crewnecks and tees, check that out. If you're a Michigan football fan, your design is on sale this weekend. After this weekend, it's gone. I said it. I still get MSU people. It frustrates me that are like, hey, can I still get one? I'm like, I listen, I want to give you one. I want to spread the brand. I want you to have cool shit. I love that people like what I make. I'm putting it on sale for two, three days for a reason. Don't hesitate. I want to create the urgency. That's the point. So if you're a Michigan fan, a Michigan football fan, you're going to be tailgating this fall, going out to bars, doing whatever. I mean, dude, that's the beauty. The stuff we make, it's like sports. It's like streetwear anyway. Like, I'd wear this to the bar in the middle of February. I don't give a fuck. This design is nasty. I'd wear it any time of the year. Forget a football game. The Michigan tailgate design for this year is on sale Friday to Sunday. If you're a Wolverine fan, do not miss out. And then next weekend, we're going to put the Lions design on sale. So football fans in the state of Michigan, keep those eyes peeled. The secondstring.com. I appreciate everybody who buys, who supports, who spreads the word. Um, who sends the messages, who comments, shares, retweets, all that good stuff. Like I said, we're turning it up for football season. After this weekend, I'll be back from Seattle. I'm not going to be traveling anymore until Christmas time, so it's really going to get turned up. I appreciate everybody who's been rocking with me, who's supported. Um, Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Hope your team wins. Hope you have some fun, hang out with friends, hang out with family. Smile, go outside, look at the sun. Not directly, but like get some sunshine on your face. And I'll catch you guys next week.